Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it's Rewatch Wednesday, and that means it's time to step into the film room and take a look at what happened on the coach's tape in the Titans' win over the Raiders in Week 3. I'm going to be breaking down all the X's and O's on offense and defense first. What happened with the Titans' offense in the first half that allowed them to explode for 24 points? And then what happened with the second half collapse? On offense, we'll also talk about defense. What was the game plan the Tennessee Titans used to limit Devontae Adams and Darren Waller? I'm going to break it all down to start. The Titans made two transactions on Tuesday. I'll tell you exactly what they were. It's Rewatch Wednesday here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, it is Rewatch Wednesday, ready to dive into the tape, take a look at what the film had to say about what the Titans did in their win over the Raiders. Before we step into the film room, though, the Titans made a few transactions on Tuesday. I'm going to catch you up on all the latest news. Before we dive into it, do want to let you know that today's Rewatch Wednesday is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Also want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen Every day, if you haven't subscribed yet or you're just finding the show, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. I am putting out daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content on all platforms all year long, regular season, playoffs, off season, doesn't matter. You're going to have a Locked On Titans podcast Monday through Friday on whatever platform you stream for free. So make sure that you check out my Twitter account as well at Tic Tac Titans, where I post all of my film clips in my Tic Tac Tuesday film thread, which came out on Tuesday. It's excellent breaking down everything you need to know. I'll have the link for that in the comments for you guys. But diving into the transactions that the Titans made on Tuesday. Number one, the Titans signed LaRaven Clark, an offensive tackle from the Philadelphia Eagles practice squad on to their 53-man roster. So they're immediately adding LaRaven Clark to the roster. Now, Clark has a ton of experience here, but I have a feeling that there may be a secret motive behind LaRaven Clark signing. Number one, Clark as a player, uh, he's played 51 games in his career, had 16 starts. He is an offensive tackle. who's more of a run-blocking style player. He's played at right tackle. Left tackle, played a little right guard as well. Even has some experience as a jumbo package tight end. Like I said, he is a much better run blocker in his career than he is a pass blocker. And that makes sense with the Titans getting ready to go into a game against the Indianapolis Colts where I would imagine they are going to need to rely on the run game. You want to have a backup offensive tackle behind Dennis Daly. You can plug in there and you know, hey, they may struggle in pass protection. We can help with that. What we need is them to be a body mover in the run game if they get in there, and that's exactly what you're going to get with LaRaven Clark. Now, I did say that there was a little bit of a a secret motive that I think there could be for LaRaven Clark, and 
LaRaven Clark has played in the NFL since 2016. He was um, with the Indianapolis Colts. His first four seasons, first five seasons in total, he was with the Colts. Last spent time with the Colts in 2020. Now he went to the Eagles in 2021, ended up on the practice squad. Now he's with the Titans. But don't need to overrate this, but just saying, He's got a lot of intel on the Frank Reich Indianapolis Colts offense, and I find it as no coincidence that he is signed to the Titans' 53-man roster off someone else's practice squad when to, uh, you know, a, a, a casual Titan supporter, you wouldn't think that they needed more offensive line help, at least from practice squad guys. Yeah, the Titans need help, but there's not a starter out there available for the Titans. So I like adding the Raven Clark. Not only because his profile fits what the Titans would want in a new backup tackle. Dennis Daly's the starter now. The Titans now need a new backup swing tackle. Marco Jones is on IR. So besides MPF and besides Dennis Daly, you got Christian Deloro on the practice squad. I think LaRaven Clark is probably a better answer. Plus, you get that added intel on Indianapolis from his five seasons with the Colts. Also, on Tuesday, the Titans added linebacker Joe Schober, a former pro bowler. Joe Schober spent time with Cleveland, Philadelphia, Jackson, or Cleveland, Pittsburgh, uh, Jacksonville. He was available. He was just out there. The Titans pick him up. He's played 93 games, 80 starts. He's got 661 tackles in his career, 10 interceptions. No. This isn't pro bowler Joe Schober by any stretch of the imagination. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But but I think Schobert is a guy with a ton of NFL experience, and that's kind of my takeaway with both of these pickups. Schobert goes to the practice squad. LaRaven Clark goes to the 53-man roster. Both of these guys are guys who have had starts in the NFL, a ton of experience in the NFL. That's what the Titans want right now. If injuries happen, which they always do, Zach Cunningham, Got hurt. He's probably going to be out. This move, adding Schobert to the practice squad, is probably the first step of elevating Schobert so that he could be available to the Titans to go with Dylan Cole. Monty Rice is still on IR. Zach Cunningham. Now all you have is Dylan Cole. You have Joe Jones, I guess, who would be available to you. But the Titans need guys who can actually play out there on Sundays. And while Schobert is not what he used to be, with all of that NFL experience, you at least feel a little more comfortable and a little more confident if there is an injury to Dylan Cole or David Long, that you have somebody with some real experience rather than an undrafted free agent or a guy without a lot of NFL experience. Same thing with LaRaven Clark. It's the same philosophy. If someone does go down, we want a guy who's been battle-tested in the NFL, even if he's not a starting-level player. That's not what you're going to be able to get at this time in the season. So, LaRaven Clark, offensive tackle, added to the 53-man roster. Joe Schobert, the former Pro Bowl linebacker. Added to the Titans practice squad. Now it is time to dive into the film. I know you guys are ready. I am ready too. My favorite episode of the week, Rewatch Wednesday, continues on. We are going to dive into the Tennessee Titans offense. What happened in the first half? And then what happened in the second half? What was the Titans plan? We'll cap off the show talking defense. What was the Titans game plan that allowed them to slow down Devontae Adams and Darren Waller? I'm going to get into all of that. In just a moment, before I get into it, though, do want to tell you guys a little bit more about our title sponsor, LinkedIn. So with LinkedIn Jobs, you're going to get connected to a network of over 810 million 
people. It's going to help your small business fire on all cylinders because LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to find the person you want to talk to faster and for free. They add your job, the purple hiring frame uh, in LinkedIn, your profile. You see it. It lets you spread the word to the entire network. They give you simple tools like screening questions that allow you to focus in on the candidates that make the most sense for you. It's why small businesses write LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn to help them spread the word and find the best candidate possible. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn dot com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. Titans fans, it is rewatch Wednesday, or I know all of you folks on YouTube who get the podcast early. Uh, it is Tuesday night, but nonetheless, it is Rewatch Wednesday, and uh, I'm ready to dive into the film with you guys. I saw a lot on tape. Before I get into it, want to thank you for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe for free Monday through Friday, daily Tennessee Titans content on all platforms all year round. Looking at the offense, so number one, the big thing that stood out is the Titans had a ton of success with outside zone. That is the run game that their entire offensive system that they use right now was built upon when Matt LaFleur joined the Tennessee Titans in 2018 as the offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith took that to the next level, continued it forward, continued running outside zone. As Todd Downing has become the offensive coordinator, the Titans have started to vary their run game. We're seeing more pin-pull action where they're pulling offensive linemen. We're seeing different types of run. We're seeing duo and things like that get mixed in. Now, I would imagine after the loss to the Ravens in 2020 where the Titans system kind of got shut down, happened in Green Bay in week 16, then you go into the playoff loss. Titans are kind of having trouble. People are having an answer for their outside zone run game. Well, then in 2021, when Arthur Smith leaves, the Titans, I would imagine Mike Vrabel is like, okay, let's vary the run game a little more, start adding in other kinds of runs so that we can counter some of the things people are doing to us. Well, throughout a season and two weeks of doing that, the Titans lost their way. And I preached all week long that the Titans had to get back to their identity on offense, outside zone with play action boot. And that's exactly what they did in week three outside zone, and it allowed their offensive linemen to do what they do best. Nate Davis and Aaron Brewer specifically, using their athleticism, get up to the second level, get combo blocks off with Ben Jones, seal things in and open holes for Derrick Henry. They did a great job throughout the day. Again, my Tic Tac -Tac Tuesday film thread is available on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. I'm going to have the link to that down in the description for you guys Uh, I'm going to try to get that in there right now for those watching it live. It'll be in there for anybody watching it not live. But the way that the Titans had success with the outside zone was going with two tight end looks, and they never had, I mean, they used some fullback runs, but most of the day it was two tight end looks. You're in 12 personnel, and you'd either have two tight ends on the same side in a twins look, 
or you'd have them balanced and you're in single back every single time. What the Titans were trying to do is they were trying to flatten the line of scrimmage. So the Raiders came out and they were putting five men on the line of scrimmage. And what teams like to do is they put a lot of guys on the line of scrimmage to try to stop the Titans inside interior linemen from getting to the second level. If every lineman has somebody over top of them, it's going to be harder to get up to that second level because you've got to deal with somebody in front of you. Well, the way that the Titans will counter that is we're just going to add more guys to the line of scrimmage. We're going to add two tight ends and make sure that they're flat on the line of scrimmage so you're almost at seven offensive linemen at that point in time. That's what the Titans are trying to do with the numbers game. So they went with two tight end personnel consistently throughout the day. They had it in a single back look. And they either had two tight ends on one side or the tight ends balanced on either side. And they were running outside zone. Again, check out my Twitter account at Tic Tac Titans for the Tic Tac Tuesday film thread. So you can see some of the excellent outside zone runs that were executed by the Titans offensive line. Also think I'm going to do my film article on that for the USA Today Titans wire this week. But with that foundation, what the Titans were doing, they were going with outside zone. And then they were hitting with the play action. 41% play action rate for the Titans. The highest they have had all season. And I went back a couple years. I don't recall the Titans ever losing a game when they had 40% or higher in play action dropbacks. But Ryan Tannehill was hitting Traylon Burks. He was hitting Robert Woods on classic Tennessee Titans play action plays. So you imagine you got Burks on one side. You got Woods on the other. Traylon Burks is running a deep post. Robert Woods is running the deep crosser, and they're crossing each other at some point. I mentioned this early on in the season. The personnel was ruining this play for the Titans because when one of those wide receivers is Nick Westbrook-Akina or Cody Hollister, there is zero respect from the defense. I said, we need to run these plays with Traylon Burks either as the guy who goes over the middle or the guy who's running the deep post because it will require the defense to respect him at minimum. And he can either get the ball and make a play or open things up for Robert Woods. Well, that's exactly what happened in this game. The Titans finally started using Traylon Burks and Robert Woods at all times during those plays. And it resulted in Robert Woods getting off. And then what happens is after the Titans run that deep post with the deep crosser, then what they can do is teams are expecting them to have in-breaking routes. Then the Titans can do those play-action fakes, fake like they're going inside, and then cut outside. And Robert Woods had a catch on the sideline where he faked that deep crosser, cut back out to the sideline. The defense was expecting the in-breaking route. It gave him just enough separation to catch the ball on the sideline and move the chains for the Titans. So getting back to their bread and butter by getting back to outside zone and working play action off of that consistently is how the Titans offense was able to explode. One other thing, obviously the catches to Derrick Henry, throwing the ball down to Austin Hooper and letting him skirt over for 10 yards. What is happening is, you guys know that the Titans want to take advantage of play action against the Titans. They fake the handoff, it sucks the linebackers up, it leaves open spaces over the middle of the field. Well, what do you think the linebackers do when they realize it's a play action pass and not a run? They aggressively fly backwards to their zones. They essentially turn their back to Ryan Tannehill and run backwards to try to get back to their zones because they've been pulled up so much by the play-action pass. Well, if the linebacker is running backwards to try to get depth in his zone over the middle, what's that going to do? It's going to leave the underneath wide open. So the Titans said, hey, if these linebackers after the play-action fake 
are going to fly backwards aggressively to their zones to get depth. Derrick Henry, get through the play-action fake, hurry, and then sit down right past the line of scrimmage. Austin Hooper, you're going to chip Max Crosby? Just leak out immediately after the chip. And because those linebackers are flying backwards so aggressively, it's going to leave underneath opportunities. And that's how Derrick Henry was able to get a career-high five catches in this game. And that's how Austin Hooper had a couple of, uh, well, at least one good catch where he was able to get the ball short pick up 10 yards, yards after catch, and get a first down. So the Titans have to consistently take advantage of those opportunities because that's not going to stop. These linebackers are going to aggressively fly back to get depth after they realize it's a play-action fake, and the Titans really need to take advantage by getting the ball to Derrick Henry, getting the ball to their tight ends quickly out of that. Now, to the second half. To me, it was a combination, and of course, of execution and play calling. So the Titans went a little bit. They ran some outside zone. But after the stop on fourth down, the Titans didn't run outside zone the rest of the fourth quarter. There was less play action in the second half than in the first half. The Titans weren't nearly as aggressive going downfield in the second half. But also, And those are all play calling things. But also the execution. The offensive line got less push. And I think Tannehill got tentative after he threw that interception. There's a specific play where the Titans run an out route off a play action to Traylon Burks. And Traylon Burks was right there. The cornerback was looking inside. Traylon Burks had him beat to the sideline. Would have been an easy five to six yards. And as you guys know, from week eight against the Indianapolis Colts last year with A.J. Brown, a quick out route and one broken tackle. Now you got your best player down the sideline for a touchdown. That could have happened, but Tannehill didn't pull the trigger. I thought there were a couple of times where Tannehill could have thrown. There was a specific play where the Titans are against cover two. The interception. The interception in the second half. Uh, Robert Woods is on one side by himself. He runs a deep corner route. Nick Westbrook-Akina is in the slot, and he runs a post route. The Raiders are in cover two, and Robert Woods' side safety, the guy who picked it off, he's super wide to the sideline. There was a huge hole in the middle, and for some reason, Tannehill came off his progressions too quickly and didn't hit Nick Westbrook-Akina over the middle of the field. Now, in fairness to Tannehill, Westbrook-Akina was not super open. He hadn't really got great separation. I get that. But he's six foot four. Isn't that the type of play that you just, it's one-on-one, he's got a lot of space? Toss it up to him, let him make a play. There was another play where Nick Westbrook-Akina ran an out route, and he was all by himself on one side of the field, one-on-one. I get that he's not the best receiver in the world, but if he's going to be out there, aren't those the opportunities where you want to take advantage of Nick Westbrook-Akina one-on-one on a smaller guy where there's not a lot? You can kind of toss one up and see if he can make a play. Like what the Raiders were doing with Matt Collins. Can Nick Westbrook-Akina not even be that? That's on Tannehill. I think he got tentative after his interception, and my buddy Will Lomas made a great point that the Titans want him to be safe. And it feels like there's a short leash with Malik. And maybe, maybe, maybe that caused Ryan Tannehill to get a little tight in the second half. One other thing for my guy, Will, he did mention that earlier in the week, Mike Vrabel talked about the run game planning being something that Keith Carter, offensive line coach, and Tim Kelly, senior offensive assistant, were involved in the run game this week. Well, if Tim Kelly is a passing game coordinator... And he's getting involved in the run game. As Will said, shadow offensive coordinator season is upon us. Give the reins to Tim Kelly. But now we're going to talk about the defensive game plan the Titans used. 
to limit Devontae Adams and Darren Waller all day long. We'll get into that in just a moment. Titans fans, we're going to cap off this rewatch Wednesday talking about the Titans defense, what game plan they installed to take away Devontae Adams and Darren Waller as much as possible. Before we get into it, do want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. I mean, this is absolute gold. If you are a Tennessee Titans fan that really cares about the inner workings of the team, that last segment where I broke down the offensive scheme, that is absolute gold. That is Tennessee Titans porn right there for you guys. If you can't throw a thumbs up on the video for or subscribe for that every week, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what you're looking for. I got to give myself a little pat on the back. That segment was absolute dynamite, baby. Dynamite. I hope you guys enjoyed. But let's talk about the defense, okay? So what the Titans did was they ran cover two. All game long. I mean, there was a little bit of other coverages sprinkled in, but for the most part, the Titans ran cover two all day long. They had two deep safeties at all times. They ran a little cover two invert where the slot cornerback goes back and has the deep half. They ran some invert where Christian Fulton had a deep half and a safety had the other deep half. But for the most part, they were in too high coverage all day long, whether it was cover two or whether it was man cover two. And here's why. Because Amani Hooker, was shadowing Devontae Adams, and Kevin Byard was shadowing Darren Waller. That's exactly what happened. So there were multiple times where you would have Christian Fulton, Roger McCreary, and Amani Hooker on one side of the field playing cover two man. Fulton, McCreary manned up against Keelan Cole and Devontae Adams, and then Amani Hooker shadowing over top of them. He has deep half. He has deep half but he's shadowing over top of them. And it's basically those three guys against those two guys. Boom, that side of the field. On the other side of the field, you have Terrence Mitchell. You have Kevin Byard. You have a linebacker. And in dime coverages, you'd have another safety or another linebacker. So you'd have the back seven, three on one side that I just described, and then the other four on the other side with Kevin Byard as the ringleader there. And they're in a zone coverage where Kevin Byard and the cornerback can talk to each other. Hey, Mitchell, you're going deep because the outside guy went deep. You got the deep half. Kevin Byard in the middle. Oh, it's a post or the inside guy ran a seam. I got the deep half. And they can play that off, which makes it a very dangerous coverage to, to play because there can be miscommunications. But if executed correctly, I mean, it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. So the Titans would go zone on one side with Kevin Byard as the ringleader in the safety. They'd go man on the other side with Amani Hooker as the ringleader safety, still playing his deep half. And they did that all day long, essentially, with Kevin Byard's responsibility being Darren Waller and Amani Hooker's responsibility being Devontae Adams. So you got Fulton on Adams or McCreary on Adams with Hooker over top. And then you got Terrence Mitchell on Matt Collins a safety or one of the linebackers on Darren Waller and then Kevin Byard spying on it. And they'd run cover two or cover two man all day long. That's what they did. And yes, Devontae Adams got the touchdown. Yes, Darren Waller dropped a couple of passes. That's for sure. Darren Waller had like 
three catches for 21 yards. Devontae Adams had, what, five catches for 36 yards? He got that touchdown because he cooked Kevin Byard in one-on-one in the red zone. But, I mean, looking at Devontae Adams and Darren Waller's stat line together, if you could limit them to that, that's great. And you know, you know, you know. And Mike Vrabel's comments after the game corroborated this. They said, if we take away Waller and Adams with no Renfro, let Mac Hollins beat us. Let's see if Mac Hollins can beat us. And by God, he almost did. And that's why Mike Vrabel said there's an understanding that Mac Hollins had some catches on Terrence Mitchell. Got to give credit to the Raiders. Mac Hollins had a great day. The Titans did not think that Mac Hollins was going to do what he did. They didn't. They did not think so. They planned for Mac Hollins. To, the way the game went is the way the Titans wanted it to go. Throw the ball to Mac Hollins, not Darren Waller and Devontae Adams. Yes. But unfortunately, Matt Collins had the best game of his entire career, and I will bet $100 to anybody that wants it that that will be the best game Matt Collins ever has in his life in the NFL, of course. I'm sure he balled out on people in high school. But anyways, outside of that, some individual notes. That's the game plan. That's what happened. And by God, the Titans had a good game defensively. They really did. Without Terrence Mitchell giving up these huge X plays, that game plan worked very well for the Titans. It did. They held them to two for six in the red zone. It was a great game plan. Maybe the execution by Terrence Mitchell sullies it in some people's mind, but A-plus game plan to Shane Bowen and Mike Raven. Got to give them the credit for that. Great game plan after watching it on tape. Uh, moving forward, though, again, the individual notes on defense. Danico Autry... Basically done being used as an edge guy. As a defensive end in 4-3, he had some snaps there, but the Titans quit using him on early downs against the run as an outside linebacker or a DN. They were using Demarcus Walker there and then using Rashad Weaver, uh, Derek Tuska, who's gone now, and or Wyatt Ray. Late in the game after Tuska got destroyed over and over when the Raiders would bring in a fullback and the Titans would go base. They started bringing in Wyatt Ray instead, and I like that decision. So they started rotating Danico Autry out, playing him a little bit less. And when they used Danico Autry, it was as an interior pass rusher. An interior pass rusher, which using Danico Autry more as an ed- as an edge guy or more on early downs makes him more tired and more beat up when he's asked to be an inside rusher. The Titans need him way more as an inside pass rusher. He had a couple of pressures in this game, got Jeffrey Simmons going for a couple of pressures in this game. Stop using Danico Autry as an every-down player. Let him be a pass rush-only guy. You're going to get more value out of him that way if you fill the other roles in other ways. That's why I believe we saw uh, the signing uh, Mario Edwards. I think we saw that signing so the Titans can stop using Danico Autry on early downs against the run and just use him as an interior pass rusher on pass rushing downs. And we saw that play out, and I think that's the best thing to do. want to mention that Rashad Weaver had a very good game, and you know that loop stunt. If you don't know what I'm talking about, again, go to my Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. Check out my Tic Tac Tuesday film thread, the loop stunt, where Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons are on the interior, and then Harold Landry was on the edge. Autry and Simmons would slant towards Harold Landry at the edge, and then Landry would loop around them and come through the A-gap. The Titans used Rashad Weaver on that loop a couple of times during the game, and by God, it was beautiful. He's not as quick as Harold Landry, of course, 
But they got home a couple of times and hit Derek Carr on it. It's just nice to see Old Faithful back on the tape. Um, Jeffrey Simmons still had an incredible impact. Don't let idiots on Twitter tell you that Jeffrey Simmons has disappeared or isn't playing well. Or Yes, he's not having, you know, huge monster games. But if you look on the tape, Jeffrey Simmons is a monster still. If you know, you know. Uh, the last thing I want to say, and it's kind of something that I'm looking forward to as we get into time to talk about the Colts. The Titans have been attacked in the A-gaps recently when they get in shotgun, when they're in sub, because Simmons and Danico Autry like to play wide on the outside shoulder of the guards. That's just opening up the A-gaps, and the Raiders had some good runs running draws out of shotgun up the middle. You know who's really good at running out of shotgun? The Indianapolis Colts. So the Titans better get that figured out quick. Speaking of the Colts, crossover Thursday is tomorrow. I'm going to be talking to uh, one of Zach Hicks and Jake Arthur. I believe it's going to be Zach Hicks from Locked on Colts. Make sure that you tune into that. It's going to be an excellent preview of an incredibly important division game ahead. But that's going to do it for me today on Rewatch Wednesday. Make sure you guys subscribe, baby. That episode was fire. Let's go. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.